0: My name is Alice Foy, and this is the World is Her Office podcast. Today is literally my very first time um, having a podcast session of my own. So if you're expecting us to interview someone today, it's just not going to happen. You are stuck with me. I really wanted to have a session um, just talking to the people who reach out to me all the time asking about freelancing. Um, If you are on social media, you will see a lot of people either talk about nine to five work or owning your own business, but there's a sweet spot right in the middle that I don't think enough people actually capitalize on. Um, So grab your notepad. If you are interested in freelancing in some capacity, you definitely want to hear what I have to say. Um, Speaking specifically about the event production space, um, and I'm sure that some of the information may transfer over into other markets as well. Um, So here it goes. If you are not already familiar with me, I, again, my name is Alice Foy. I am the founder and creator of Jane Ella Productions, Jane Ella and Company, and soon to come, The Digital Jane. Um, I have been working in events for almost six years now, and majority of that time I spent trying to figure out a way to get paid, honey, like <laughs> wanting the right amount of flexibility and control over my creativity, and it just never really coming to fruition the way that I envisioned. Um, And so I was introduced to the world of freelancing, and I've been here ever since. Um, My first disclosure is that it can be very difficult. I would say that the first thing that you want to do is decide the exact contracts and types of businesses you want to work with. Um a lot of what will happen with freelancing is a company will need help with their existing team over a period of time in order to execute something. So a company could pull me in for a month, a year, 3 months, 6, n- 9 months, whatever. <laughs> it just really depends on the need. Um and so it works great for me. I feel always felt like it gave me the opportunity to jump on teams, execute, move on to the next thing, and always be able to kind of change up my workspace. I'm not committed to just one type of work or one type of event or just one team. By working with different teams, it gives me the opportunity to kind of, you know, have some flexibility that you may not have if you sign on right away with like an agency or a company that produces events. Um So that's number one. Number two, I would say do your research. Find out exactly what freelancers or people who hold full-time positions for the companies that you want to work with are making. Are they, you know what I mean, are they making the same amount as what you would charge? Is it in the neighborhood? Are all the duties and responsibilities Similar to what they're asking you to do. Of course, you know, um, you have the right to decide how much your time is worth and how much you want to be paid, but it's important that you come in from the gate understanding that, you know, and don't allow someone to dictate that to you. Only you can decide what your time is worth. I have learned from experience that. There are two different types of contracts, some that are like task-based, meaning I could work 60 hours and I still have the same monthly flat rate. And then there are some that are more um, hourly-based. So you just have to find what works best for you. I prefer to work per task because no one owns my time. Um, in the in the course of a day, I may need to jump on four or five different things. Um, and so working with an hour structure can be A blessing and a curse. It could be a blessing in a way where you can stack different projects as long as you're not overwhelming yourself or um, you know slacking on your duties. Um, Allowing a company to hire you for a specific set number of hours or days gives you the opportunity to know exactly what to expect. And then there are also those contracts where you're hired per test, so it's like you know you don't really know how many hours it's going to take, and so. That's a premium, like yo. If you hire me for that type of project, then you have to understand that it may only take me 20 hours, but I'm gonna charge you for the unthinkable because I don't want to be left, you know, with my pants down. Is that a thing? I think so, but anyway, so um, that is just a couple quick things you want to definitely want to decide. The type of companies you want to work for, the type of contracts that you want, the length of contracts that you're going after, because it'll make it that much easier when you actually come to sit down and have negoci- negotiations. Um Another thing, understand what freelancing is. You know, I've had opportunity to work with different teams and some of them make me feel like I am right at home and I'm just another team member and I feel super included and you know super welcome and then there are some teams that just kind of like aren't as welcoming as that so they may treat you like a freelancer like "Mm, you don't have to come to the company lunch Mm." no, we don't really need you on this call. You know, you just, you really have to understand the dynamic of the team that you're working with. Because even though you're freelancing, I think it's still important to understand the company culture and, you know, the role that you play and the roles that other people play. How is their workflow? You know, are they micromanagers? Are they, you know, willing to let you work independently um, as they should? It's like, what is that flow and what is that process? And that makes it very easy. The next thing I would absolutely say is money. Like, pay attention to your finances. I first moved to LA in 2016 and I made more money than I had made in Chicago on a contract. And over the course of that contract, I spent every single dollar that was made. I didn't account for taxes. I didn't account for a rainy day. I was like, oh, girl, this money is rolling in. I'm getting these delicious lump sums. I'm going to spend every single dollar that has my name on it. And I found myself in between contracts and in a hole. And that was probably the biggest wake-up cause. Like you have to stash money for a rainy day because until you have a good rapport in the industry, even if you do... Sometimes there could be two or three months time where, you know, there just simply isn't anyone calling you for work. And so at whenever that happens, it's always time to get creative, get crafty and find out, you know, how that money can be made. Taxes. We're just going to go briefly into taxes because, honey, I am traumatized when it comes to your taxes as a freelancer. Out of each and every deposit or quarterly, depending on if you use QuickBooks or what have you, you should be putting away self-employment taxes. Or if you have an LLC or an incorporation or an S-corp, whatever, you should be allocating the correct amount for taxes so that when the end of the year comes, it's not a surprise how much you owe and how much needs to be paid. Um, and I definitely think that's something that people just kind of mishandle a lot, you know, all the money that you make is not your money. Um and it's very important, as I said, to plan for a rainy day, have your tax money ready and be ready just in case you know a contract may not come directly following. Um, so those are just really quick, really easy um things to follow. And people ask, Alice, how do I get into it? Like how do I start? And There's no like easy way to answer that question. Um, A lot of the opportunities that I've been afforded have come from relationships. Just never posted online, never helped one to sign, never used. (laughs) Just literally someone letting me know that so-and-so is looking for this and they need a producer for this. And um, I think you'd be great. And so I think that that, Has helped me tremendously, but also if that's your bread and butter, it could be really difficult. LA is LA, as well as all other big cities, are competitive markets, meaning there's a thousand people who do what I do. And until you establish a name and a rapport with people and have these relationships to where You've done the work. You've proven yourself. You're the first person that comes to mind when someone needs something in your field. Um, that takes time and it definitely takes work in order to establish. And so, um, how to get into it? I would say start by looking into freelancer websites. Check out Indeed. On Indeed, you can search contracts. You know, you can search contracts within your city, other cities. You never know. There could be a six-month contract in New York City or somewhere else that you really would love to tap into, um, I would definitely start there. Craigslist. I think a lot of people sleep on Craigslist, but what people don't know about Craigslist is it could actually be a great resource. A lot of small businesses may not necessarily want to post on an Indeed or... um, a glass door or something like that, but they will post on Craigslist if it's gig work. Um, and so I actually my very first contract in Los Angeles I found on Craigslist. <laughs> Let me paint the picture for you. I moved to LA two years ago. I told the story so much. I know guys are tired of it. Um, two years ago, two suitcases, a laptop, thousand dollars. Lived in an Airbnb for three months, but within 10 days, I was signed on to a 12-city event production tour called Schools in Our Prisons, and that tour allowed me the opportunity to make enough money to stay here. And it was a great experience. It was impactful work. We went into all these different communities affected by mass incarceration in the school to prison pipeline. I had the chance to learn about festival production, worked with a great team, Craigslist, Craigslist. And I've worked with that team and will continue to work with that team over and over and over again. Like it's a great resource. So don't ever discount Craigslist. You just have to be conscious of the ability for anyone to post there. So you have to verify, you have to definitely. Do your research on the company. Ask for links. A lot of them will try not to include website links. They're trying to like disguise the business. I asked for links. I wanted to research the founder of the company. I wanted to know exactly what I was into, what I was walking into, and it ended up working out really well. So I would definitely say Craigslist could be a fantastic resource if you're starting looking for freelance work. There are certain freelance websites Um you know, and don't be afraid to put yourself out there, like cold call some people, send some emails, let them know that you're starting, you know, you, the work that you've done, include a portfolio of some sort. And, you know, really don't be afraid. You never know. It could start as people just needing help in small capacity. And then maybe that turning into something bigger at a later time. Um, And I think that that is the best way to approach it. It has to be organic and you have to Allow the space for that to happen. I've never went the route of a temp agency or someone, um, some sort of agency, like giving me work in that way. But I have signed contracts with companies to produce for them for periods of time, and that seems to work best for me for now. Um, and it frees up a lot of the stress as an entrepreneur. You know, we're always concerned about. When is our next client going to come? Is the money going to be stable enough for me to scale? Like, what is that process going to look like? And as a freelancer, girl, I can take a breath and just trust that I'm a part of a team that has steady and flowing business, that I am an asset. I'm ready to learn. I'm ready to listen. And that works best for me. It really, really, truly does. Let's talk about schedule, okay? Um, As a freelancer, I've always been able to work from home. I'm not required to go into any offices or anything like that, unless it's a team meeting. But you have to have the right amount of discipline, the same as a business owner, Though same as a nine to five worker to get up every day and do the work that you have to do no matter where you are, no matter what you have going on, no matter how tired you are, there is a schedule that you must adhere to. That shows credibility. It shows that you are committed to your work. It shows that you are dedicated to the team and no one wants to feel like their work is being forgotten about. Um, I think that a lot of companies keep their employees in the office because they want to watch their money. like They want to see where their dollars are going. Well, if you are a freelancer and you're working for a corporation or a company that has allowed you to work remotely, you may not have anyone watching you. So the only way to really show and prove that you're doing the work is to do the work. (laughs) You actually have to get up and do the work, um, and so part of that is just creating healthy routines. If you need to structure your mind to say, "I'm getting up every day at this time," I set an alarm. I have a roll out of bed routine. I'm on laptop by eight a.m. I'm you know da 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 da. da. You have a healthy relationship with the work. That means limiting the days that you work from your bed. Even if you have nowhere to go, get up, shower, put on a little makeup if you need to, get dressed. It can be comfort- comfortable and lounge wear, but still get dressed and just create a routine for yourself the same way you would if you were going into an office. Um, and that definitely makes me feel better about the work. And working from home, if you don't do a lot of other activities and going and coming and things like that, it creates a sense of accountability and a separation from your lounging, relaxing time and your work time. With the work that I do, I'm often required to be available around the clock or accessible if we're on production. And so I find that Rolling my work into my life works best for me, but it won't work best for everybody else. You may want to compartmentalize, but for me, I could go to Target. I'll take my laptop. If I need to sit down at the table outside of Target and send an email, it's not a big deal to me. Um, If I need to go to the nail shop and get a pedicure, they have Wi-Fi or I have hotspot, I'll take my laptop with me. I want control over my time. I want to be entrusted In the work that I do, no matter what my life has thrown me that day, I still want my, um, employer or contract, you know, the company that contracted me or whatever to feel like she'll get it done. Right. She'll meet the deadline. And I always do. Um, and if I don't, communicating that I can't is very important. So these are just little notes, um. You're not completely free of rules or responsibilities or codes and procedures or whatever. Some of the same structure that you may have in corporate, you may feel as a freelancer. And it just really depends on the company. And I think that you have to make sure that that is in alignment with what you're building or what you want to do in the capacity that you want to work. And especially if you are planning to stack contracts of some sort. Let's see. Um, yeah, so what I know for sure is that if you want it, you can have it. If you're not sure how to get started. there is a way I gave great tips. Um, if you still have questions, you know, I would love to schedule some calls and just answer questions as much as possible. I'm never in a space where I'm withholding information. I want as much as many people as possible to know that you have options when it comes to your work and the way that you structure your life. You can work a nine-to-five if that works best for you. You can work a nine-to-five and you can have a side job. You can work a nine-to-five and have a part-time. You can work a part-time and freelance. You can freelance and work a nine-to-five. You can freelance and own a business. There is no restriction to the way in which you choose to work as long as you can manage it. So if you ever feel like you're not sure about the way in which you can manage to take on a project, think to yourself, what can I manage effectively and efficiently with the time that I have now? What can I take on that won't overwhelm me? Don't try to stack retainers. You know, what can you actually manage at this time in your life? And if it doesn't work for this time in your life, be willing to allow the person who's bringing you on to know that, hey, it doesn't work for this season, but you never know. You know, next season could be better. Um, So that's my talk today, honey. I just wanted to get on here a little bit different than the way that we normally do and have this conversation with you all about freelancing because a lot of people dm me, email me, girl call me, text me, why do you get into that? How did you get working with that client? How did you um and it's you know, it's it's an amazing opportunity. And don't be afraid when you work with companies to ask them for rights to use the photos or press articles to say that you worked with this company when you're building a portfolio. That's ultimately how you get paid in the long run. And so I think it's important. Um, I would love to see more of you guys in a room. I would love to work with different people, you know, in new capacities. And so I appreciate you guys listening. This is another episode of The World is Her Office podcast. My name is Alice Foy. And if you want to look, learn more about the work that I've done so far, I am available um, online. I am Meet Alice Foy on Instagram. I am alicefoy.com in regards to my portfolio, and then Jane Ella's website is Ella Co.com. C-O, co. <laughs> Thank you to the Mayfair Hotel for sponsoring our podcast recording studio. I know I have a new and improved sound. If you've been listening, you know. (laughs) We are getting better. And I would love, love, love your comments and your feedback.